Welcome to the Renew Church Podcast, where we have honest and authentic conversations around our pursuit of Jesus and His mission. My name is Eric Jensen. I'll be our host today as we tackle this concept of worship. This conversation is a companion resource to our FAQ worship series that we completed recently, which uh, you should check out on our YouTube channel. And uh, I'm, I'm joined today by two very special guests. Um, first is Renew founding pastor, author, friend, confidant, and buddy, my boss. Yes. Bartley Sawatsky. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Good. Very good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah. This I is a first for me, so. I think I'm contractually obligated to have you on the podcast. I don't know if that's in your contract, <laughs> but we can write it in. We'll put All it right. in there. And uh, actually, really, the, the, the creme de la creme of this, this panel today, our very special guest today, um, holds degrees from, I think, everywhere, uh, but to be specific, uh, University of Western Ontario, University of Hartford, uh, Trinity College in England. He has an NTS from Toronto's own Tyndale, which is cool, um, and a doctorate in worship theology from the Weber Institute in Florida. And uh, there's a lot of letters next to this guy's name. Um, so I, I, if I didn't for remember them all, then, you know, you could sue me or whatever. But uh, the most important thing is that he's a car guy. So it means that he's smart and he's cool. And I just learned that he's also a boat guy. So that's pretty awesome. We have Dr. Doug Thompson. How you doing, man? I'm great. It's glad to be, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for doing this, man. I, we just met not too long ago and had a great conversation. And uh, I just thought you'd be a great guest uh, for this podcast. So um, uh, one, one of the other things about Doug is that he's a, uh, a faculty member at Heritage and actually started the, uh, the music program there um, several years ago. So I'm so glad that you're here, man. Thanks for coming. Thank you. It's good to be here. And I just want to apologize to you ahead of time for not having donuts here, like Eric <laughs> promised. I did. But yes, uh, to the listening maybe audience. Maybe next time. I promise donuts. So if everybody sounds grouchy, it's my fault. So. <laughs> Um, gentlemen, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I think you guys are too. I hope that you guys are too. And uh, so let's go ahead and dive in and just ask some questions about worship that I think people are, are asking. Um, the, here's the first one. I think the most important and critical conversation topic here is will churches ever stop doing Chris Tomlin songs? Like, will he ever be dethroned from his or, or no? I'm just getting smirks. That's all. <laughs> you think we'll ever? I actually like Chris Tomlin. I do too. I do too. Actually, yeah. I've done a ton of his songs. He's good. I do He's like just him. Timeless. I think he just writes really catchy hooks and keeps it simple, and that's what works. Yeah, and his, I, and his theology is good too. Yeah. That's that's all you can ask for. I just wish his registry was a little lower so that I could like hit those notes. Hit this problem. I have to lower everything he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it is interesting, though, when we think of worship, we do think of music generally. Uh, I think that's probably culturally the norm. Um, is, that, is that true? Like, would you guys say that that's generally what people think of when you say worship? I actually got an email from someone as we're going through the series. I just responded to it yesterday, and he was kind of asking that question. He thought that I was spending a lot of time on the music part of it. But we were doing an FAQ series, which is what are the questions that people are asking, right? So I kind of felt the need to start there because I think that's where most people begin when they think of worship because that's what we kind of do, right? Yeah. So I think you do naturally sort of start there in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's, such a, it's, it's very much the way that we've oriented our worship experiences in churches, yeah. right? Um, at least in North America. Uh, what, what's your, I mean, do you have that same impression, being kind of from a music world, I'm sure it's... Yeah, actually, I find that people 
use the two terms on uh, almost synonymously. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, oh, the worship time is going to start, or the worship time is over, or let's do worship now, or we're going to practice worship. Yeah. So yeah, very, very much so. Yeah. And, and you know, I think while worship music is such a part of, of our culture, it, it, it certainly is more than that. Like w- the idea of worship from a biblical understanding is, a, is worth a lot more than that. But I, li- I like that idea of, of practicing worship. Yeah. <laughs> it's like saying, I want to practice looking at this piece of art or something. Yeah. I don't know. Just, yeah. It's kind of funny. I get it, but... It, it, yeah. it like, sort of shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely true. I, I, I think that I think in our effort to, to, to make something excellent, uh, you know, sometimes we probably put more behind it than we should, but... Um, but let's talk about music a little bit because I think because it's so culturally sort of like you were saying considered to be synonymous with the word worship. Um, what would you give to someone who is approaching uh, like our interpretation of worship through music? What would you give to somebody who's not musical? How, how would they enter into like a time of worship, uh, seeing that that's really what they're offered? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think the whole concept of doing music together in community in a in a service is is effective because it's something that we can actually do together right. instead of you know uh, a lot of the other things that we do like silent prayer and stuff is it's an individual like so you're you're like an individual in a group right. but when you sing together it's actually a community thing you're doing something together and almost everybody can sing to some degree. We just have to be careful to pitch the songs in kind of a mid-range so that everybody can kind of reach the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that we're not all falsettoing like I do in the <laughs> Chris Tomlin songs. Yeah, I think the whole music thing. Like, I'm sure there are people that aren't as into music, and I've always kind of really enjoyed music. So I like corporate worship time, yeah. and I like singing out. And I've always kind of looked around the room and seen people that weren't really looking like they're participating and wondering, like, what's their problem? But yeah. I do think that everybody has an appreciation for music, right? It's kind of like that old thing, like, you know, when people are looking for a date and they go online and they're like, hey, they like music. I like music. They like music. Like, match made in heaven, right? Like, no, everybody likes music, right? You yeah. might like different styles, right? Yeah. Or whatever. But And you may like singing more or less, but I think everybody likes music. Yeah. Right. So the thing with church, though, is that <clears throat> um, you have a conglomerate of people that come together for from various backgrounds, and they don't all like the same kind of music. That's true. Like I just uh, I was just listening to a radio advertising the group Chicago, yeah. and uh, so everybody that goes to that concert, they're gonna like Chicago or Chicago style music mm-hmm. but everybody that comes to our church I mean there's there's people that like classical music and jazz and worship and and yeah. 50s or 60s music yeah. there's quite a conglomeration so trying to find a musical style that turns everybody's crank yeah that is hard is I've always challenge. told our worship leaders that they've got the hardest job cuz trying to you know thank you Thank yeah, you. For trying that. to recognize you know, it's, it's true though, because <laughs> yeah. people come with all different tastes, right? And expectations. Right. 
Well, yeah, and, and, and people can be very opinionated about what they like and what they don't like. And Oh, really? And Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just thinking it's funny because we've all at some point served as uh, music leading, right? You partly well, did a little bit. I he did a little piano. at the beginning just because there was no one else to do it. <laughs> yeah. By I don't default. lay any claim to that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting, I think, that we, we're, we're so opinionated about, about music and we've sort of oriented this thing around something that, that could tend to divide us so much. But like you brought up this idea of community. Um, and I'd like to, to kind of press into that a little bit. What, what do you think that, you know, on the surface, it would seem like music would divide us, like you're saying, genres, trying to figure out what makes everybody tick. Um, but what is it about church music that kind of binds people together? There seems to be kind of this this unity around it that that you know. Well, like you even mentioned it as a genre. Like, what's that about? I mean, that's crazy. It it is a genre. I remember talking to my kids one time about worship music and oh, it represents kind of the contemporary culture out there. And they said, what? You're crazy. It's, it's a genre all to itself. It's not like contemporary secular music at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there's no worship songs that sound like Post Malone you know, <laughs> or anything <laughs> like that, right? Well, it's kind of funny. You can actually turn the radio on sometimes and not realize what station you're on. And you can kind of tell immediately when it's a worship song. Can you? I mean, I can. When you hear something, you're like, that's Christian. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's kind of profound. Because you haven't even heard so. the words or anything necessarily yet, but you can just kind of tell. There is like a, a and hopefully that's thing. more than just like the quality level. Yeah. It's but. bad, so <laughs> it's probably Christian music. Yeah, no, well, and that was kind of a that was probably true for a long time that there was mm-hmm. this um, there was this movement to to sort of copy what was happening in the world in the mm. art in the art community, or outside. we thought we were right, and make our own sort of subculture brand of you know. I think there's a really important point here, though, and the, the important point is that we can allow musical style or genre to separate us or to divide us. Mm. We can allow that to happen, but it only happens if we're acting unchristianly. Mm-hmm. Because if, if older people recognize the importance of having younger people in the audience and younger people recognize the importance of having more mature people in right. in the congregation and that we love one another we can get past the genre thing yeah. yeah and the reality is there's an old saying at least i say it i don't even know where i got it from but the saying is you don't really like what you know or you don't really know what you like you just like what you know yeah and so as we get familiar with a style over the years it becomes familiar to everybody, and they they start to love it. Right? Yeah, and um, I just came. I just uh, have been ten years in a church where I kind of changed the musical culture, and yeah. it took me ten years before yeah. people. Oh yeah, I really kind of like this. <laughs> and yeah, then and then we can kind of get past the the separation and the conflict and stuff. Yeah, because it ties in like music's emotional, right? So it ties in a lot of things over a long period of time. It's kind of like Christmas, how you build traditions that kind of get connected to it over time, and then mm-hmm. you don't even know why you like something. You'll hear, like, an old hymn get played on a Sunday morning, and the tears start coming, and you're like, where's that coming from, right? But it taps into all this. I, I just think, in general, though, music is like a vehicle, yeah. right? And it's, it's a vehicle for worship. It isn't worship itself. It's a right. vehicle for worship. Yeah. And 
you know, to insult somebody's music is kind of like insulting somebody's car. Like if they're giving you a ride from point A to point B, you should just be happy. Sure. Get in the car and get from point A to point B, shouldn't you? Like yeah. if you're someone's guest, that's kind of the way I look at it. Right. It may not be your preferred ride. Yeah. Right. Doug is yeah. a, a car guy, so you know maybe he likes that illustration. <laughs> but. Well, the other thing about musical style is the Bible never once mentions musical style. Hmm. Yeah. So how important must it be to God if he never mentions it in the Bible once? Yeah. I don't think there's any significance in musical style. Yeah. The only thing I can think of that, that would even be close is when, when I think the psalmist says something about, you know, praise him with your lyre and the harp and the stringed instrument all the instruments, and the winds. Yeah. And, he, and he goes through all these lists of basically everything that they had and it was like just whatever you got just do it you know and it was almost not so much about um what it was and how it was played but that you were participating yeah. and i think that that's a huge part and there's a reference to psalms hymns and spiritual songs which which represent three different genres of sure. of music yeah but it but it was probably kind of what was there right yeah I mean, variety yeah mm -hmm. i think that's interesting um, I, I, I wanted to come back around to what you said about community because, like, any, and even kind of what you were talking about with, like, we're getting into a car, we're headed somewhere. Is community kind of the goal for that corporate, not the ultimate goal of worship in the, in a broader sense, like an us towards God, but does does community, is that kind of what we're aiming for with the music side of, of our corporate worship? or Or is it something else? I don't think it's what it's, we're aiming for, because with worship, God is always the aim, yeah. right? And what we're offering to Him. But I think it's a huge byproduct and sure. a huge blessing and definitely something God wants us to experience. Yeah. Awesome. I, I think church is all about community. That I've come to, I've come to a decision in my, in my head in just the last year or two that the biggest reason we get together for church is to get together. I mean, if you want to hear a good sermon, you can go online yep. or you can get a podcast and listen to that. Yep. Or uh, there's, you know, all the things that we offer at church by and large are online or yep, whatever. True. But but just the community of being together and fellowshipping together and loving one another is... Uh, admonishing one another as well. I mean, those are the things that really count when we get together as, a, as the body of Christ. Yeah. I love what you're saying, because I think a lot of people don't get that, or they have to be taught that, it seems, yeah. that you can't get that experience anywhere else. You have to get together and be face-to-face -face with people. And, and who and who wouldn't want to be part of an experience, like a group of people getting together, loving one another with, yeah. with unconditional love? Like, who wouldn't want to be part of that? Yeah. I think we miss um, when we, we try to attract people to our churches and we miss the whole reason why people would want to get together. Yeah. It's the way we love one another, the way we care for one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely true. And I think that, 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 I mean, music, I think, does play a role. There is, like, I was a worship leader for a long time, and there is something about that that, that kind of unites us together um, and... and I guess this is what my opinion is, and I'd like to bounce it off of you guys because, um, as a worship leader, when I would stand up there and I would I would sing these songs, there was this there was this unity, there was this love and appreciation where we're all kind of proclaiming the same thing to God, 
And I think that there's like kind of an X factor about that that you don't really get in other areas of of worship in a broader sense, which we'll talk about later. But but music has this kind of like strange thing uh, that it does that that really that really binds people together. I just love to hear your impressions about that. Yeah, I I think I think you're right. You got a good point when you say we're we're saying the same things or we're singing the same thing together. It's like almost like a repeating a creed or something in church. We are we're all agreeing to sing this and to say these words and to mean what we're saying. Yeah. So in that way I think it does draw us together. Yeah. Music is so tied into experience too because you think about it. You you mentioned Chicago. Right. When, as soon as you mentioned that, I thought about the fact that my wife and I used to make out to that music. Right? <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. Like we're at a little Bible school where you, the only way you could make out was to get off campus, right? Yeah. And you would go in a car with another couple. They'd make out in the front seat, and we'd make out in the back seat. I was telling this our is, kids that the other this day. This is a TMI situation. Right it now. is, but you know what? The music has memories, and it has experience that's all connected yeah. to it, right? And so when you're hearing a song. And, and that's in the context of the community that you're a part of, your Christian community. Maybe you're hearing that song for the first time on a Sunday morning. Maybe the first time you heard it was at a camp, around a campfire mm-hmm. or something. It takes you back there, right? And that's an experience that you shared with other people that are dear to you, right? So it is. It's very powerful, and it does blend your soul like to other people, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And it, elic- it, it elicits emotion, which... Not very many other things in this in the service will do to yeah. the extent that that music will do. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. No, I'm glad to hear that. And and I didn't need to know about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was that TMI. Story was this real. might be an editing moment. <laughs> 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 no, for sure. Um, well, let, let's kind of tra- transition because because we all know that that um, or, or at least as you talked about in your sermons and and we've been discussing even some a bit a bit here. That worship is, is far more than than just music and and, uh, and stuff like that. Um, in fact, Bartley, you mentioned in your message uh, several weeks ago that worship is about this word, kind of like worth worthship, the worthiness of something. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that people consider like worth, like the the true worth or worthiness of things in their lives in general? I think for sure we do. I don't know if we always get to where we need to get to, which is directing praise back to God for those things, Mm. right? Like, uh, I think it's in our nature as physical beings to see something physical that we like and then, you know, go on about that Mm. as opposed to getting to the fact that God created that thing. In fact, one of the first uses of the word worship in the Old Testament is one one of the words in Hebrew is halal, um, not like the Arabic word halal, but it it was kind of it was used of Abram's wife Sarah. The, mm. the you know in Pharaoh's court they noticed her, and this was the word that they used, right? And men are very quick to notice like female beauty, right? Right. And they would go on and they would almost make like this clamoring sort of like that's the idea behind this word, right? Mm. And so I think you know. We're, we're like this. We, we see something that is appealing to us, and we notice the worth of it, but do we then take it to the next step of, mm. you know, well, someone made that, mm. right? And who made that? Who came up with that idea? Yeah. And that's what I really want to direct my worship to, right? Yeah. 
that's interesting. And and even um, you know coming out of that context of music, like I think people can 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 do that a little bit with music, especially is that we can get so captivated by what is attractive about a style, a genre, or someone's performance of a of a piece or whatever, and we can miss out on on really what the that is directing us to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's other areas of life that that we do that too. Like I talk about it at my campus all the time. The fact that a a really good steak makes me worship sometimes. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that yeah. you made ribeye. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that, that we get to enjoy that, that you created us to to enjoy that. Um, and, and I think that it can kind of become a, a worshipful moment in that it, it redirects our attention. It absolutely uh, can. Yeah. 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 Harold Best said an interesting thing. He said that, that uh, we're all created to worship. We're all created worshipers, and um, not all of us worship God, but there's many other things in this world that we worship, and, and the thing that you worship will is bound to spill out. Like, we've already talked about cars and boats yeah. in, in my, you know, in my <laughs> yeah. world kind of thing, and the things that I love that are valuable to me, that, that, are, that are important to me... Um, that spills out of my conversation. It, mm-hmm. it just spills out. And so um, when we worship God, uh, that kind of thing, our worship of God needs to spill out somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and when we worship, when we sin, our worship doesn't stop. It's redirected to mm-hmm. something else that's important to our lives or that we want or are lusting after. Mm-hmm. That's insightful. And, yeah. um, and then... Our redemption is when our worship is turned back to, yeah. to God Himself. Yeah, then our worship is redeemed. Yeah, I think that's really good. How, how do you think? Like, okay, so so when people are thinking about worship, I think we've we've redirected this idea away from um, uh, uh, music, maybe so much, and and kind of redirected it towards attention, like where our attention lands with with regards to whatever we're doing. Um, how how can people like? self-check uh, in a sense how, where their attention lies with something because because obviously it's not bad to have a stake and it's not bad to you know have a boat and it's not bad to do all these things how do we how do we sort of self-check and make sure that the, all of those things are distracting us but they're actually like focusing us more on the creator who gave them to us i think a lot of it is discipline because mm. it's easy to recognize greatness like we talked about you know worship being recognizing and then responding, right? Mm-hmm. So you recognize the greatness. It's the responding to the greatness that we don't always do. Recognizing comes natural. You see something and, and it appeals to you. you, that recognition happens. But then how do you respond? And I think that we have to train ourselves to respond. Yeah. And I think even as basic things, like you said, you know, enjoying a ribeye steak. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I've always been very intentional, even with my own kids. You know, we should thank God for the food right? This is something that separates us from animals. Like we can actually appreciate this and where it came from, right? And, and then we eat the animals. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that kind of went off the rails. (laughs) Arise, kill and eat. There's a Bible verse. We're good. Yeah, 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 we're good. Sorry, vegans. We're, uh, we're blowing it. (laughs) The non-vegan podcast. Um, yeah, no, I think that's really true though. And, and there's a lot of like ritual and routine that I think are, are the people that we learned this from, the intention was to focus on, like, you know, uh, before we go to bed, you know, I, I pray with my kids. And, right. I, 
And when I was a kid and my parents did that, I just thought it was like brushing our teeth. It was just the thing we did. And now mm-hmm. as, a, as a parent, it's, it's, I'm sort of trying to build in these, these um, moments where we're refocusing our attention towards the ultimate, right? The thing that really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's true. Doug, Doug do you have any um, you know, things that, that you know, help you calibrate and redirect your attention or... I think one of the strongest things, uh, obviously the Holy Spirit in our lives, but uh, besides that, we get back to the gathering. And we gather together, and we love one another, but we also sometimes admonish one another. And some of the best grounding and balancing in our lives are is the encouragement of other people in, in our, our church community to kind of center us. You know, they might make some kind of a comment to us at some point in time that we think, hmm, yeah, maybe I'm spending a bit too much time worshiping my boat and not enough <laughs> yeah. time on God or something. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah. the community uh, is an important component in, mm-hmm. in balancing our lives and keeping us on track. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, Doug, I wanted to ask you, uh, so when we had coffee a couple weeks ago, um, and you, you shared these two biblical words with me, um, that I've already forgotten. Could you could you just share with our listeners like what what those were? That there was there's a number of words that are translated uh, worship in the New Testament, but but by far the to the two pros, most predominant ones are proskynein and latruein. And the proskynein has the idea of bowing down, prostrating ourselves, recognizing uh, the worthiness of God, and submitting to Him. The Latruin uh, concept is, is found in Romans 12, 1 and 2, and it's the idea of service. So our reasonable response to God's love is service. Mm. And so even being a worship pastor and practicing and uh, concentrating on Sunday morning on playing well and keeping the band together, that mm. kind of service is is our action of worship. Mm. Worship isn't always a mental state. Sometimes it's an action. And mm. those two words balance those two concepts really well. Yeah. I think that was that that really uh impacted me, I think. Um especially like just to talk about the 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 first one, proskinane, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was interesting that um that word refers a lot to our our like our posture, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and um, one of the things about church and worship, especially in North America, is that uh, there's a lot of like people, you know, do the hand raising and or, or you know, some some people kneel and some people, you know, close their eyes and stuff. Are are those like biblical things? Is that what we're talking about, or is it is it something more than that? I think we stand out of respect, or we, I mean, we. Uh, our posture is representative of what our heart is, but it's our posture is not the most important thing. It's mm-hmm. it's where our heart is, a heart of submission and obedience. And I think if I was going to if I was going to replace the word proskinane with one other word, it would probably be obedience mm-hmm. or submission. Oh. And that concept of worship is far more important than we give it credit for. Mm. It's so much more important than just music. Not yeah. that I'm slamming music. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a musician. Right. But, 
but the whole idea of of submitting ourselves is is a strong concept in worship. Yeah. Yeah, and the physical actions are tied to that. Like you go back and you look at the words, even the the Hebrew words, and yeah. it's built in. Like shaka is like bowing down, prostrate, right? Like that's the idea that's built into the word. You get to yada, and the the word actually is has the connotation of lifting up your hands. So hmm. these are inner, you know, experiences that we're having that get demonstrated through physical, and that, you know, that's where the language even got created around those mm-hmm. things. But they're very internal, you know, powerful things that get expressed, and we've just tried to kind of connect language to it. Right. So when I see like the, the the weird guy in the front row, you know, lifting both his hands and singing at the top of his lungs out of key, you know, really what what I should be thinking about is his heart and his uh, his passion for God, and and not not being so concerned about that, and maybe maybe reflecting on my own posture, my own heart, my own attitude uh, as I'm as I'm worshiping in that kind of context. Is that? I would say if you're at a dance and you're just watching everybody else dance, you're probably the most miserable person there. You should probably just like get outside of yourself and just like, you know, enjoy your experience as opposed to what everybody else is doing. I don't know. That's kind of what comes to my mind. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting because I I think that there's sometimes like there's as a worship leader, my experience was always sort of like I wanted a um, I wrestled with this for a long time. I wanted to see the manifestation of people's authenticity or their their like authentic worship towards God. And so I'm like, I'm like, why isn't anybody lifting their hands? And you know, why yeah. doesn't anybody clap? And you know, I, I sort of focused on these outward expressions. I've never been in that position. But I could see no, seriously, yeah. I could see how that would be because you're looking for some kind of response. Yeah. Doug, I'm sure you've experienced that a lot. Yeah, it's it's great to hear and to see people that are really into it, but not everybody wants to respond in that demonstrative way. Right. Sometimes I recognize people's response in just the volume mm. of their singing back to me, and, and I want to stop singing myself and just listen to everybody worshiping yeah. God like with great enthusiasm in their voice, yeah. even. Yeah. And and also one one of the things too that, that I think is coming out of this is that that it's so much more obviously we've talked about it so much more than worship and stuff but but even like you you were talking service and so the the you know the the lady helping out in the nursery and really stepping out of her comfort zone to like offer something it is kind of the same it's the same demonstration I would say mm-hmm. um, of of that inner well and that that's one of the ideas in another one of the words um, that you see in the Old Testament as well. In fact, when you read the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 10, when, you know, Moses is trying to get the people out of Egypt, it's, it's fascinating when you go back and look at it, because I don't remember this ever kind of being brought up when I was studying that story, but whenever he talks about wanting to have the people leave, it's always in the context of that they may go and worship God. Now, the word worship there has more the idea of serve God, mm. right? Mm. Mm-hmm. But that is another aspect of worship that's always been connected to it, right? Yeah. I think um, when we talked before, I, I gave you an illustration that I think demonstrates the, the two concepts really well. I was doing a worship conference one time, and at the end of the conference, I had the, the other uh, seminar leaders come up on stage with me, and they were all worship leaders. And uh, we got into this a little bit, and... Um, and the idea kept coming up from from the other guys that that like you have to know your music so well 
that you don't have to think about the keyboard or the guitar. Mm. You don't have to think about the band. Everybody knows everything so well that you can just kind of think ooey gooey God thoughts. <laughs> and that's, that's worship. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said to them, well, I, I, can't really, I can't really do that. Like, I always have to concentrate on what I'm mm-hmm. doing because, well, hopefully because I, maybe I play a little higher level or something and I'm trying to keep the band together and I got to remind the, the, the drummer in a certain spot because I know he always forgets this <laughs> exactly. thing. Yeah. And, Drummers. And all of that stuff, I, I'm actually not thinking about God that much. But I'm serving God right. because I have to concentrate on all these things. I'm serving God so that everybody out yeah, there... that's excellent. Out, yeah. Everybody out there can concentrate on, yeah. on God. Yeah. You're using a, a slightly different type of worship than someone else's in that moment. Yeah, but you know what? The other worship leaders, not one of them, I couldn't convince one of them that that was actually my action of worship or my mm. service of worship. Yeah, but that makes total sense. Like, because one thing I do have to admit on Sunday mornings, because I'm not leading worship anymore, but I'm still like the pastor or the campus pastor, and I care about how things are going. So if I see a typo on the screen, <laughs> I, I just, my worship's done, yeah. right? Like, because I'm thinking about all of the things. Now, am I, am I serving God in that sense? Am I worshiping in that sense? Kind of like you're saying, Doug. Yeah, I, I am because I'm really caring about God in that moment, but it's a very different... It's not my ooey-gooey experience. Right. That, for me, happens in my car by yep. myself oh, man. during the week, right? Yeah. Um, when I don't have the distractions. And yeah. I'm sure it's true for a lot of people that are in worship ministry. Yeah. Right? But I think it's really important for us to recognize the, the two aspects of worship because I think, by and large, in our evangelical culture right now, we would think that those ooey-gooey thoughts, eyes closed, hands in the air, standing up, worshiping God, that's worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything else is something different. Right. But it's, that's not biblical. Right? No, not at all. And I, what we've tried to do in this series as we've gone through it is to kind of, by, by week three, is to get it to a place where we're talking about all of the things that are worship, like mm-hmm. that we don't even think about, like everything. I think we listed like 17 things and we could have listed 170. Mm-hmm. But everything is worship. You know, when you eat your cereal in the morning, you can think about the grains and where that came from, and, right? <laughs> like yeah. you, you put honey on your toast and you think about the bees that collected that honey. And like you just, it's an attitude and it's a determination yeah. and, and a discipline that you create over time where you just naturally think. When I was walking in this morning, I was noticing the dandelions on the ground, and they, they had already gone to seed, right? So they're the white ones. But you're thinking, God made that. That's so amazing, that the design of that. Yeah. And the wind's going to hit that, and it's going to take those seeds like little parachutes around. Like, yeah. And so if you, if you get in a mindset of just wanting to turn your you know, appreciation and response back to God, that's worship, yeah. and it should happen all the time. Yeah. And, and it, if, if the music is the worship then what do you do with the rest of the service? Mm. What about the prayers? What about the offering? What mm. about the sermon? Is, mm-hmm. is, how is sermon worship? Well, if you have a broader view of worship, you recognize that submitting ourselves to the te- teaching of God right. is, is exactly worship. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. Right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're giving your so, mind to So that whole sermon experience is a worship experience yeah. if we understand worship correctly. Yeah. Otherwise, we don't know what to do with the sermon in, yeah. in, in yeah. worship uh, yeah. context. 
I was reminded uh, of, uh, I, I think, in Deuteronomy when it, when it says, like, bind these things to your forehead and your doorpost and your, you know, when you go out the door. And, um, you know, I, I always attributed that to, like, an actual, like, you know, and, and a lot of Hasidic Jews today actually wear, you know, yeah. the phylacteries the and they, yep. they do their thing. Um, and, and really, I think what, what God is saying there is, like, make this everything that you do and look at. See me in you know, the, the world around you, and before you leave, consider what my, what I say about the world and what I what I, my intention for the world is. And, and I think that, you know, through that, you know, that, that understanding that everything is worship, like you were saying, it, it sort of reveals to us not only a lot about the character and nature of God, but a lot about how the part that we play in the world around us, right? And, um, you know, just kind of like speaking of, of, of those kinds of things, you know, Worship in the Old Testament looked a lot different. You know, you, you have the story of Cain and Abel, and there was there was offerings very early. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then there was all this, like, the temple sacrifices and all that kind of stuff, and there was things that surrounded that. Um, as far as, like, kind of... This is probably an unfair question because I'm asking you to lump a whole lot of things together, but are there elements of sort of that that worship that that we've lost? Are there things that we have sort of forgotten about and, and left behind, in a sense, as we've, uh, you know, approached 2019 and, and kind of like where we're at now. We don't sacrifice animals nearly as often today in our worship. <laughs> as much so as we that's, should. That's kind of gotten Are we lost. Back to Bring your state? goats. Yeah, yeah. Are we yeah. Back, back to the, the ribeye. <laughs> I just, I just I want to eat podcast. steak. <laughs> that's where we're going for lunch. Yeah. I'll, Doug, I'll let you kind of respond to that. Um, yeah, I think Old Testament worship is quite a bit different than New Testament worship. And to, to simplify it to the extreme, God... Um, wanted to have a role in his, in, in his creation, a role with mankind. And Adam and Eve kind of screwed that up, but God still wanted to uh, walk with man in, in some way. And so in the Old Testament, we have kind of the concept of God in a box, mm. and uh, nobody could really approach him, but he was in the temple, and, and his presence was represented by that box. And then in the New Testament, we have God, God decided that he wanted to walk alongside mankind again yeah. in the person of Christ. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't even enough. He right. wanted to live within man in, in the Holy Spirit. So our worship of God has obviously changed as God has changed his rep- uh, approach to us. Mm-hmm. So time and place is, is what we kind of associate with Old Testament worship yeah. and less spirit, spirit and truth. And in the New Testament... Spirit and truth is emphasized, and time and place is de-emphasized. Yeah, that's good. I've always believed and taught as well that God treats humanity like a person growing up. And you can even see that. There's there's even parallels to the nation of Israel that you can do that way. But, you know, in, in the infancy of humanity, God treats human beings like parents treat a, a newborn child. Mm. They don't know anything, so you have to you have to teach them everything, and everything has to be kind of by rote, without necessarily the understanding, because they just have to get it, mm. right? So you begin with things like the law, where you were told exactly how to do stuff. Yeah. You don't know what worship is, so God says, "Here, I'm going to give it to you." Family rules, right? Exactly, yeah. and so He's going to. So what did He do? Like you say, the the God in a box kind of thing. So God gives us, you know, special people, which were the priests, to do special acts which were like the sacrifices in, in holy places at holy times. 
And we, over time, now that, that was God's way of kind of getting it into us and helping us understand it, but over time, he hoped that that evolved into something greater, you know, a greater understanding, spirit and truth, like Doug is saying. Um, but I find that we actually do, you know, tend to be immature in the way that we continue to compartmentalize worship, mm. right? Because you still see that today, you know, people trying to put New Testament worship in Old Testament forms. We still like to have, you know, special people like worship leaders and pastors who, you know, on special, you know, in special places in the church, right, yeah. that lead us, you know, in, in doing special acts, which is, you know, singing songs, right, on special days on Sunday, right? We still try to package it when God doesn't want us to be doing that anymore. We're supposed to grow up and mature and get beyond that um, to worshiping all of the time. Those, those were forms that he gave us to help us get it, but then, you know, we learn in the New Testament that we're all priests, mm. and the spiritual acts of service that we do are the, are the righteous, you know, things that the priests used to do, right? And the New Testament church, they, they got together every day in the temple courts, it said, right? And not just in the temple anymore, you know, they were outside of that and in homes. So, yeah, there's a maturing there that God expects to take place, I think. I have a bit of an illustration that I think re represents what you're talking about. I, I have a, lots of churches and pastors contact me looking for worship leaders. And, um, and so uh, one guy called me one day, and I mean, I get this kind of this concept quite a bit, but this one guy just was over the top, and he called me pastor looking for a worship leader, and he said, we want the kind of worship leader that can pull back the curtain of heaven so that we can see God and be in his presence. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe you're saying that, because in the New Testament, that's what Christ does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. In the Old Testament, okay, maybe you want a priest, but in the New Testament, it's different because yeah. God himself is within, like in the Holy Spirit, um, pulls back the curtain of heaven, as it were, so that we see God. We, we can't expect a worship leader to take the place of the work of Christ and exactly. the Holy Spirit yeah. now that we're in the New Testament. And it's actually much better than... Than having a priest pull, you know, show us who God right. is. Yeah. While we're on that, can I introduce a, a little idea here? I don't uh, want yeah. to take over, but you know, the whole idea of presence mm -hmm. in worship, like this is oh. a huge mm -hmm. word, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I don't know. Sometimes it just kind of rubs me wrong. I don't know. Maybe, and maybe I just need to be corrected in the way that I think. <laughs> but everyone talks about I love, I love your presence, and it's all about getting the presence of God and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. But Theologically, right, we all believe that God is everywhere, everywhere. and right. so, but I do also understand where two or three are gathered, there I am in, in, in their midst. So I do acknowledge that there's some dynamic to which um, the experience of God can be intensified yeah. by the things that we do, our purity, our, our community, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So I get that, but it just seems like an awkward wording to me. Like, I, I want more of your presence. I love your presence. Like, I think... I try to make my relationship with God very, you know, understandable like it would be with a human being. So right. if I sit down on the couch with my wife and I look at her and say, I love your presence. I don't know. That just seems <laughs> yeah. weird and creepy to me. Like, yeah. why wouldn't I just say I love you? Yeah. I don't know. Am I weird? Like, is that, am I taking no, that too far? I think, I think it's probably an attempt for people to put language to, uh, like, the, the um, moments where we're really uh, connecting with God. And, and I think that, 
like everybody connects with God slightly differently or, or in different times in different places. Like there's some times where, you know, honestly, my Bible reading is kind of a slog and like I'm just kind of like mm-hmm. doing it because or not doing it at all, you know, one or the other. And, and I'm just really not getting much through that discipline. But, but then there's other times where I'm like reading through the book of Colossians and it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that Jesus was this amazing. And like, you know, I'm just going through this whole thing and it really allows me to experience something different of who God is. And I, I think it may, might just be people trying to put language to that in a context of worship. And I acknowledge that. I just wonder if, it, if maybe people sometimes chasing the wrong horse. are chasing the emotion. And yeah. really that could be what they're saying is that I love that feeling Kind of like yeah. you spiritual know, high. A spiritual yeah. high. Give me a spiritual Junkies. high. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So you see that, Doug? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I've, so I've not got a whole speech about that. <laughs> <laughs> give us the give us the short version. I want to hear what you think about it. Well, it's it's like when when you recognize that that worship isn't music and that we can worship God even if it's not our music. Right. Mm-hmm. And we may be Maybe we're in a service and we don't feel that spiritual high because we hate the music. Mm-hmm. Can we still worship God? Is our worship deep enough that we can worship God even if it's not my music? Mm. But then the other side of the coin is if you go to a church that always does your music, are you actually worshiping God or are you having this ooey-gooey moment because the music's so cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Like I mean we're we're in this Raptors thing right now. Yeah. Is is there just a lot of hype in the service and right. we create this false hype? Sure. Mm-hmm. And that that then I oh I feel the presence of God or are you just feeling the hype of having all these people jumping yeah. up and down or mm-hmm. whatever? Yeah, I mean like a U2 concert can give yeah. you a, a sensation, like a feeling, you know, lights and 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 I've and literally had people and, come away from yeah, U2 concerts yeah, saying yeah, it felt yeah, like yeah. a worship service. Yeah, and, and Bono that's, writes that's some good lyrics. And, he does. You know. That's one of the differences, though, between a concert and and a worship service. Because yeah. when when you're in a worship service, you've got all kinds of people out there that are not come coming to jump up and down and have a great experience. They're coming because they're hurting, mm-hmm. or because someone in their life has died, or a relationship has failed, and they they are needing something besides hype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that's that's definitely true, and I do think that that there is a huge uh, chase for the high, yeah. you know, and and I think that that's a very me-centered uh, experience, you know, where you're you're you want to feel good, yeah, and 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 as a worship leader, uh, you know, there there are times when you you fall into the trap of of even leading people so that this thing feels good and like that it's for us and and uh really the other the other day at our at our campus i just shared with like the we 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 kind of trick ourselves because we we put the stage up and we put the lights on and we plug the instruments in and so there's this very much this band audience mentality Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the reality is that we're all on stage like that like god is the audience right right? and that that really we're offering him something as a collective group. Right. Like it's all of us together. Mm-hmm. I'm just the guy who has a mic in front of me, right. or I'm just the guy with the guitar or the drums or whatever. So I would almost rather see us turn the lights off oh. the stage yeah. 
and put the lights on Ooh, the audience. That's Ooh. because that's going to be a statement that you yeah. are worship. You are the worshipers. You are the actors in this yeah. drama of worship. Yeah, that's good. I do like yeah. that because yeah, like I always don't know how to respond to people when they say, "Well, I love the worship today," or "The worship was great today." It's yeah. kind of like, well, I don't know what. What does that mean? I always exactly. say to them, do you mean the music was good today? <laughs> right, right. Because like to that. me, I try to teach people, like, usually the quality of your true worship is determined before you even get to the church service on Sunday. Mm. It's like, what are you bringing? Because, right, again, worship is recognizing and responding. So worship's an offering. So it's not about what you're getting. It's about what mm. you're giving. So are you telling me, are you complimenting yourself? The worship yeah. was great today, meaning, oh, so you did a really good job of responding to God today? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm so, so let me ask you this question. So, so I'm thinking uh, I have four children. One of them is only five weeks old. I'm just five basically old, yeah, yeah. giving a shout-out to my son, Henry. Wow, I didn't know Henry. that. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. But, but when, when my family comes to church, it's, uh, it's uncontrolled chaos. I'd like to say that it's controlled chaos, but it's really not. It's like, <laughs> get your shoes on, you know, come in. And... and um, so, like, h- how can we approach uh, our, you know, like, the, the chaos of our heart and, like, you know, like you had said, a lot of times it's before we even come. I, I guess I'm, th- I'm suggesting that even in, in the chaos, the fact that it's important en- enough for us to, to do that mm-hmm. is, is in, a, in a sense, an, an offering to I want to get to the place in my life where, again we're taking God out of the worship box. I'm not waiting to get to, to get a to special worship. place with uh-huh. special people right. at a special time to worship. It's all. In that moment, I'm not there yet, but in the, I want to get to the point in that moment when my kids are going nuts or my dog just pooped on the floor or whatever. I have yeah. a dog now. Um, Did you just try to out-shout out my child with your dog? <laughs> well, <laughs> my dog's pretty cute. But, you know... <laughs> I want to be able to get to the place, and I'm not yeah. there, but I want to get to the place where I can worship God in that moment. Yeah. Right? So someday, perhaps, we should have a discussion about what the difference is between corporate worship yes. and individual worship. Right? Absolutely. I think that's a great suggestion. Because they're, they're kind of different animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that is a great suggestion, and maybe that's a good place for us to stop today and, and just consider that. Um, I want to thank you guys all for, for tuning in, for listening. I hope that we can uh, do this again. Uh, we, we plan to have another one on work is, as worship and just talking about how we can uh, worship God with our, our labor, our effort uh, in the workplace, as many of you guys uh, you know, have real jobs and aren't pastors like us who <laughs> only work once a week. So, um, No, thank you guys so much for listening, and, and I hope you tune in again. <laughs>